the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Hello and welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson and joining me post-Trahan era is online editor Kevin Ayres. Swapping a Trev for a Kev. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, mate. Right, let's kick off. Asian Champions League and a, a better week for Australia's teams competing in the Asian Champions League this week. We'll start with the, uh, the best news, uh, and that was Adelaide making it two wins from two with a 2-0 win against Gamba Osaka. Pretty astonishing uh, win. I don't think anybody anticipated that, to be honest, beforehand, apart from Adelaide. Adelaide were actually in the afternoon of the match, came on, came out and said they were confident of a win. And everybody kind of scoffed, uh, to be honest, because Gamba have never been beaten by an Australian side. Uh, were third in Japan uh, last season. I'll take your word for it. Uh, and uh, yeah, looked pretty impressive before the match. After the match, not so much. Mm. Um I wonder what the odds would have been for two goals from Daniel Mullen in a 2-0 victory as well. I don't even want to think about that. But I suspect it probably would have bought me a new house in the eastern suburbs. Now, I mean, it's, it's, I mean well, how can we explain this? I mean, they're, they're currently sitting ninth in the A-League. Um, you know, the Asian Champions League is supposed to be the ultimate test against technically far superior teams on, on significantly bigger budgets. Yeah, Adelaide have gone and won away in... A, Uzbekistan and now one at home to uh, to a J League powerhouse. How I do we explain that? I genuinely can't. <laughs> uh, but more power to them. You know, the it, it's it, I think it goes back to what I said right at the beginning of the season. Adelaide have a great squad. There's no doubt about that. I think it's balanced. I think it's uh, it's probably the best squad uh, in the league, actually, uh, in terms of completeness. Uh, but nobody's actually been getting anything, getting that potential out of them. Suddenly, they've managed to focus and uh, we're seeing what they were capable of all season long. Uh, why they've not been able to do that in the A-League is mo- it's more of the question than how they've managed to do it in the, in the ACL, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, the cynic in me would say that they're using the ACL, the Asian shot window to try and angle for a, a bigger money <laughs> move away from the A-League. But, but that's just me. Uh, Brisbane Raw uh, backed up their, uh, their opening day defeat uh, by getting a creditable uh, 1-1 draw away at Beijing Goan. Uh, Mitch Nichols popped up with the equaliser on 20 minutes after they'd gone behind again on eight minutes. Um, Kev, what did we make of this one? Uh, I think it just reinforces how important Mitch Nichols is to, to Brisbane Roar's side. Uh, you know, they really miss him when he's not there, when he was out for the Ollie Roos and then out injured. Um, the, the season kind of got derailed. He comes back in, and he's a linchpin. You know, everything goes through him. He's, he's kind of stepped into the role that Matt Mackay was uh, performing for them in the sense of, uh, you know, just directing the traffic and uh, a, being a focal point for a secondary attack. Uh, and uh, yeah, he, he pulls it out the bag for them. Um, again, another you know solid performance by Roar, but you know they they need to start getting some wins um, a, on the board uh, yeah. to get this ACL campaign really off the ground. <coughs> uh, but a, a draw away from home, you know, is a, a credible result. But we we need more wins. You'd think they need they probably now need to win then at their two remaining home games to have any chance of going through. That you would seems think to so. be the pattern that um, you know, which which sort of puts Adelaide quite a way ahead of par. You know, par really is sort of winning at home and maybe drawing one or two of your away games and, and going through. But after two games Adelaide really are in the box seat to qualify already. Uh, especially considering that uh Pohang beat lost to Banyotka. Uh so yeah, the three points clear already. Excellent. Uh, the Mariners last night, um, entertaining game this. Uh, Patrick's fans, Feig, um, got the uh, goal, that uh, got them back on level terms with uh, Josh Kennedy's Nagoya Grampus. Um, Graham Arnold this morning was, uh, was quick to, to point out the difference in the budgets between the two sides, which is, um, you know, I think you know, we know that. By now. Yeah, no, um, no, nothing new there. Yeah, but, uh, but again, you know, a good performance, but was this... Yeah, was this an opportunity missed from the Mariners? I know? think 
it really has to be. Uh, if they're, if they're going to progress further, they have to win at home. And Nagoya Grampus, yeah, uh, fair enough side. But it's no good just blaming the, the salary cap for uh, a draw. They, if they're going to go into this, they need to win. Adelaide United made it to the final on a salary cap squad as well. It can be done. Um, you're just making excuses if you start calling up the, the salary cap. And I think, you know, uh, the Mariners played very conservative football last night. They, they weren't really being expansive and daring. They were, but they, you know, they were efficient and effective. They have to be more ambitious mm. uh, at home. I mean, I always think, very, very simplistic view, but that's me. If you're good enough to draw at home, you're good enough to win at home. If a team comes and plays you off the park at home and you get beat 2 or 3 nil, fine. Yeah, but if you're good enough to to get to one all and have periods of play when you dominate, you were good enough to win that game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, the the Mariners replied within seven minutes of Grampus scoring. Uh, they had the capability, they had the firepower, they had the opportunity, and they had the skill. What happened to the other sixty minutes? You know, if they, if they could do it within seven minutes, within the first half hour, uh, they had an hour to repeat that, to repeat that, and find a winner. They didn't. Do we do we still think that you know again it, it, they've relied on a you know a, a non-striker to come up with the equaliser? You know, have, have they, I they don't seem to really replace Matt Simon yet. No, I mean uh, they're, they're clearly struggling in the uh, goal-scoring uh, department. But the other thing to remember is that the shocking uh, diving that was going on with that game last night—they never got a chance to, to flow properly. Grampus milking every single thing, even stuff that wasn't. You know, uh, physical contact. Uh, they were hitting the deck, and the referee was falling for it. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of talk about Asia being very soft on, uh, in terms of refereeing and uh, a soft and physical contact. But when there's no physical contact, uh, you, you just got to throw your hands up and say, "What can you do?" You know, uh, the referees need to to really uh, be taken to task over that, and that. Somebody needs to sit down with them and play that match back to them and ask them what the hell they were playing at. Mm. But whether that will happen or not, no. I have my doubts. Two chances. <laughs> All right, so uh, obviously much more promising week. Uh, none of our uh, teams in the Asia Champions League were, were beaten, which is excellent. Long may that continue. Let's turn our attention back to uh, round 26 of the A-League and let's start again uh, with the Mariners. Who um, <coughs> Actually, no, let's start with Melbourne Victory. Let's do it in order. Um, Melbourne victory, now the pressure was off and finals were out of, uh, out of their reach. Um, they pop up with a 3-0 convincing win over Wellington Phoenix. Yeah, interesting turnaround. Um, kind of hard to explain, to be honest, as well. Uh, if you can do that then, why couldn't you do it before? Uh, what was, was it just the fact that the pressure was off? that uh, they managed to turn in that performance. But, you know, if it was Jim Majilton, I'd be pulling my hair out. Uh, delighted that, you know, finally it all comes together. But pulling my hair out that they couldn't do it, you know, 10 weeks ago when he first took charge. Mm. Uh, also, a bit concerning for Phoenix, too, that, uh, you know, when the pressure's on and they're staking a claim to a home final, uh, they suddenly implode. Well, it was the Phoenix of old, really, wasn't it, that, that used to travel awfully and were just to this Jekyll and Hyde side that were tough to beat at home, but a bit of a soft touch away, and they'll be concerned about that definitely going into the finals. Yeah, I, th- I think it's also a sign of the times for Phoenix that we're actually questioning that their implosion uh, away from home. You know, this season they've been fantastic. Well, occasionally, more often than not, no, occasionally fantastic <laughs> away from home. Well, Carlos Hernandez opened the scoreline. Uh, you know, that most motivated of footballer, one playing for a new contract. Um, so he opened the scoring on after 11 minutes. Cesarka Cernak, who uh, bounced back from a very poor game against Sydney. And um, someone that I quite like the look of, uh, James Jago. Um, I quite like the look of him in sort of the pre-season. I, saw him, I think he came on and played against Celtic and didn't look out of place. Like, yep. Neat and tidy, um, did good distribution. I think it, you know, it's good to see him getting some minutes on the pitch because I, I don't know. I certainly just get the feeling that he's, he's potentially a step up from a Lee Broxham, as in there's a bit he's not quite as one-dimensional, not quite um, as agricultural. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, good to see that they're getting the chance there. Um, obviously, the big question mark is whether Jim McGilton will be um, will be there next season. Uh, the indications are that he will be. That's certainly the noises coming out of the club. 
Um, that's uh, raised the hackles of uh, our friends over at SBS. Um, Kev, what's your view on this? Well, to be honest, you know... Two wins in 11? I don't, I don't think his record's good enough, uh, to be fair. Um, but I can understand victory giving him the opportunity. Um, it is difficult to inherit a squad uh, that, you know, uh, somebody else put together ineptly, it has to be said, you know, with huge holes in defence, bugger on midfield, uh, and all your, your eggs in your attacking basket. He, he's inherited that, and uh, you know he's not done a particularly impressive job with it. But he has brought in a few key signings. He's given opportunities to young players like Jago. Mm. Uh, brought in Milligan uh, to shore up the defence, and you know he's he got three 0 on Friday night. If that was a sign of the times, if that's a sign of things to come, great. Uh, and this weekend, you know, it's going to be a test. If they can pull something out of the bag similar to that, then I think he's earned his uh, contract. If it's back to the same old, same old that we've seen up to now, then I would ditch him quite happily. I mean, if it was me, you know, if I was running victory, I would be expecting him to put forward, you know, a pretty detailed plan of his proposals, who's going to stay, who needs to go, candidates for people coming in. Yeah. Because the other thing, you know, if, if that's not there, it's just, well, give me the chance, you know, trust me, you know. But the other side of it is, at least he's had 11 games to learn about the people that he wants to keep. Yeah. So I'd want to see that. I'd want to see, right, what's your plan? Who's staying? Who's going? Where are the replacements coming from? How's that going to fit within the salary cap? And what's your plan for the way that we're going to play next season? Yeah, I mean, there's just been a lot of crap being talked about uh, Majilton and him blaming players and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he's getting all the focus of this attention uh, and at times what appears to be very childish hatred almost, uh, where Cosmina is in exactly the same position in my mind with same kind of record, uh, not even the same qualifications as Majotin, yet Kazmina gets off scot-free. He's done exactly the same thing. He's blamed the players. He said there needs to be changes. Uh, yet Majotin gets all the focus because of where his pa- what is says in his passport. And I think that's completely unfair. I don't think Majotin's <coughs> the greatest coach that's ever breathed in the A-League, uh, without a doubt. But I think let's just take it down to brass tacks. He is a coach. He has got some ideas. On a practical level, if he get rid of him, then there's only going to be a new coach coming in who's then going to have to look at the squad again, yeah. tear it all up. Hasn't had 11 games to work with him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, he's not necessarily been the best choice 11 weeks ago, uh, but they've got, they're in this situation now. They have to make a decision. Are they going to at least give him a chance, a worthwhile chance, having got to grips with the squad? In a position where he can make some decent decisions, and there has to be changes. You know, it's no good just saying, "Oh, but they're all ex soccerers or international players." You've got to trust them. You don't need changes. It's an unbalanced squad. It's a salary capped league. You can't have everybody in a tag. You've got to lose some players to bring in the players that you do need. It's a simple fact. You know, that's there has to be changes. Uh, it's clear. Uh, so somebody has to do that. McGilton's in a good position to. Uh, make those decisions. Okay. Well, I mean, a decision on that, is, you, you would imagine, would be imminent to give whoever it is, uh, whether it's Magilton or somebody else, uh, the maximum possible opportunity to, uh, to rebuild that squad. Um, obviously, the Premier's plate was up for grabs at the weekend. Uh, it wasn't decided, although it was, uh, it was at Blue Tongue Stadium, just in case. Not quite Helicopter Sunday, but... Um, Simultaneous but, uh, games, mind you. Yeah, which no, decided it, which surprised me. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Was that an accident? Was that deliberate? Or? Must have been. I, I don't know. I don't whether because there's never been a simultaneous game scheduled, so I presume that they must have moved it. Yeah, uh, just suddenly I was hitting the red button on Saturday night. Yeah, uh, uh, but, but both, to no avail. <laughs> yeah, both teams that needed to win did win. Uh, the Mariners obviously remain in pole position to. Uh, to win the Premier's plate, they were two points ahead. Um, so obviously anything other than a win for Brisbane would have seen and a, a draw or better for the Mariners would have seen the Mariners uh, win it. But they, they couldn't do it um, because Brisbane got a win at Newcastle and the Mariners won 1-0 against Adelaide uh, with a goal from Bernie and Beanie. Uh, Kev, do you, I mean, do you see it? We'll talk about, we'll preview 
this week's going towards the end. But um, but the one and two are now set. Same one and two as last season. Um, what does that say about the league? No, um, for once, you know, it's uh, it must be the first time. It well is the first time this has happened. We've had the same one and two from one year yeah. to the other. Uh, and I think you still got to put money in Brisbane Roar coming through to at least stick a very good claim for the championship, even if they don't get the premiership. But my money's still on them for the premiership as well, to be honest. Um, I think it's a good sign. You know, it, it, more than just a continuity of management and uh, playing style <laughs> and technical ability, it also means that we manage to retain a lot of the players, yeah. uh, which is a great thing. Uh, in previous years, uh, championship, premiership winning squads have been broken up uh, immediately. And uh, Newcastle Jets' case ended yeah. up with a wooden spoon. Uh, so th- that's a really good thing to see, um, and also a good thing to see that Central Coast Mariners, who have been under so much financial pressure this year, still managed to put all that to one side and, you know, one week from the end, uh, topping the table. Uh, that that's a tremendous result for them. Uh, in terms of, of who's going to win, well, Central Coast Mariners still need to sort out the striking thing. We just talked about it five minutes ago. Uh, without a recognised, consistent striker of the quality they had with Matt Simon, I'm still favouring Brisbane Roar. Still struggling with those words in that in the same sentence in that order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Sydney FC and Newcastle Jets. Obviously, uh, Brisbane Brisbane's win at, um, at Osgood Stadium and Sydney's draw uh, with Melbourne Heart uh, puts them in a showdown, which we'll talk about later. But um, Sydney uh, had to come back, not for the first time this season, from a 2-0 deficit at half-time. Um, goals from Matty Zaganzic and Eli Babals on 36 minutes and 31 minutes. Uh, and then super sub, Shannon Cole, out mm. of nowhere. Two goals. Yeah, incredible. It's, it's the kind of performance we expected from him when he first signed for them and never really came. And then suddenly he's looking for a new contract and bang, there we go, two goals. Well, I mean, to, to, to be fair to Shannon, he, Levitska just seems to never really been convinced of him. No, it's, yeah, it's there's true. been games where he's, he's not even been in the squad this season. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I read something. I think it was like something. He's only start, played in started 13 games under Levitska in three he, seasons. Yeah, but I mean, you know, this season especially, you can understand the issue because he hasn't lived up to the potential he showed uh, back when he was in state league, uh, in my opinion. And then this season, you know, he's got Carl Kissel and Emerton all vying for that central attacking midfield, wing uh, midfield role. And where does Cole fit into that? Mm. Uh, you've got Jamison being pushed back to the full-back position where he should be and should always have been. Uh, and, you know, Cole just is superfluous uh, in the squad. Uh, if we had a bigger bench, I'm sure he would have had a lot more uh, time on the subs bench, but uh, it's good to see him get back into the action. Uh, as far as Sydney are concerned, it always remind this season's reminding me of uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, and the the Black Knight, and it's just a flesh wound right down to the stump or the torso, sitting there in seventh place, and come back, I'll, I'll bite your legs. Uh, the, <laughs> if they make it into the finals, it's seriously limping in there. Uh, and you've got to say that they're probably going to go straight back out again. Yeah, and you know, the, the fine, you know, you, you could look at teams that scrape into the finals and think they might have a chance, but Sydney's repeated ability to to go two goals down doesn't bode well for finals <laughs> football. because <laughs> yeah, there's no second chances in that. But they will probably be away, and they've got better chance away than they do at home. True. All right. Um, well, Perth. Uh, again, Perth and Wellington both uh, giving up the chance to, to make third place their own. Uh, Perth also beaten 3 0 um, by Gold Coast. Uh, obviously, there was plenty of chatter and calls and appeals for people to get down <laughs> and support, and this was a chance to show that um, Gold Coast deserved a team, um, and the official crowd is. Approximately 2000. Because it was a turnstile issue. Right. Um, it wasn't really impressive, was it? No, I, I didn't look at it and go, Whoa, 
it's obviously Clive Palmer. That's it. There yeah. is there is yeah. the grand. It was just sheer personality there. that turned off the players, uh, the fans. To be honest, though, I saw Gold Coast Titans in the NRL. Look like they're going to get axed. Uh, yeah, they're in trouble financially, aren't they? Yeah. So Gold Coast just doesn't seem to. I mean, there's so many other things to do on the Gold Coast. Uh, you know, uh, it's like a bit like Sydney's problem. There's a lot of things vying for your attention. Um, and as Clive Mensink once told me a couple of years back, if there's the slightest bit of financial downturn uh, in Australia, then it really hits the Gold Coast badly because mm. it's such a service industry. So, so on that, I, you know, like Sydney's struggles because there's loads of other things to do. Gold Coast, same. Canberra should be a shoe in then, really. Absolutely. <laughs> Sell out every weekend. <laughs> All right. That, that was it for. Uh, for part one, uh, still up for grabs as we go into the final round of the season. Couldn't be scripted much better. So we have uh, one and two still up for grabs. Three and four still up for grabs. Um, five, six and seven still up for grabs. Mm. Very interesting. Yeah, it's two. Heart have two secured their final spot because uh, they can't be beaten out because Newcastle and Sydney play each other. Yeah. Um, so if it was a draw and all three teams were on uh, were on 36 points, Hart would be guaranteed because they've got a slightly better goal difference. But it just goes to show you how important those Newcastle goals here Jets. and there are yep. over the season. Be losing out by the sake of three goals. All right, that's it for part one. We'll be back in part two to uh, look at the news that's been making headlines on our website, au.442.com. The April issue of 442 magazine is on sale now. It's a special edition on the toughest job in football, the coach. We profile 40 years of Socceroo coaches, analyze Man United 70-year-old Alex Ferguson, take the FFA AFC B license coaching course, plus Archie Thompson and Mark Milligan model the new Socceroos away jersey. 442 magazine. Get it at newsstands or download it onto your iPad today. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. Let's look at the news that has been making headlines on our website, au.442.com. And um, let's start where uh, many a news bulletin has started for the last week with um, the shocking scenes from White Hart Lane during the uh, FA Cup quarter-final with Bolton when um, Fabrice Mwamba uh, collapsed uh, with, uh, with a cardiac arrest on the pitch in the 41st minute. Kev, this has been uh, overshadowing everything, really, and uh, it was horrible to watch. Absolutely. Know, just uh, incredible, really. Terrifying. Um, the, uh, there was more information that came out this morning, finally, from now that he's conscious and... Uh, on the way to making a recovery, uh, the, the med- medics finally released a bit more information that effectively he was dead for 48 minutes. There was 48 minutes where they were trying to revive him and resuscitate and get his heart beating again. Uh, it's just astonishing um, and very, very horrific. 23 years old. I know. It's, it's bizarre. Uh, I think there's been something like 28 professional footballers around the world have died of this over the last sort of decade or really? so. Really? Yeah, uh, I didn't realise there's been a few high-profile ones like I knew there, there was about three or four very <clears throat> high-profile ones. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I know it's at least the way you look at it though is if a 23-year-old footballer was going to collapse with a sudden sort of cardiac arrest, he did it in the best possible place. Oh, absolutely. Had he been a park yeah. footballer on a Saturday afternoon, he'd be dead. Yeah, with that. You know, and even doing it in the Premier League ground, there were so many other things that happened. Like the cardiologist being in the crowd who yeah. ran onto the pitch and told them which hospital to take him to. Yeah. You know, they, would have, they could have taken him to North Middlesex and they said that he, he'd be dead now because they don't have the same facilities. for. So it was the cardiologist who said, this is where you've got to take him and I'll come in the ambulance with you. And, you know, Incredible. Incredible. Really. But, uh, but, you know, as you said, more details are coming out now and... Uh, uh, still, the first thing he asked his uh, his dad was, was "Did we lose?" And uh, his dad told him that no, the game didn't finish. It was uh, it was uh, abandoned. And he said, "Why?" Because of you. <laughs> uh, so I mean, it's just phenomenal, you know. When when somebody's been you know clinically dead for that long, that to come through it with like, I mean, and touch wood, it remains this way. We we know sort of you know permanent damage is is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think. It could be a bit optimistic to say that there's no permanent damage if you have heart attacks. Mm. 
the the heart is scarred from that. But point I've seen on. more from the brain damage. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. and maybe yeah. that is where him being super fit and twenty three probably yeah. probably yeah. did come into it. You know, they need to keep um, oxygen but, to the brain. You know, this has allowed uh, Bolton to now sort of you know everyone at Bolton Wanderers to sort of get back on with life, so to speak. Their game this weekend will go ahead. Um, and they're now in the process of reorganising the uh, the FA Cup game. There was talk of them pulling out, um, but it's now been reorganised from March the 27th. Okay. I think. Um, I mean, what I'd like to do, considering that I'm sure that nobody got a refund from the first game, I would actually like to see the second game, all the profits of that, go towards potentially portable defibrillators being at you know parks pitches and lower yep. league pitches. You know, so that if this happened again at a level that wasn't the Premier League, that yeah. players have got a chance of survival. No, that's a great idea. That's a um, very good idea. I'm sure that won't happen, but, um, but it would be a nice touch. The interesting, there was a lot of talk in the wake of this also about uh, compulsory screening for footballers, etc. Um, but it was interesting seeing uh, Dr. Craig Duncan at um, a Sydney FC, Sydney FC saying that <coughs> even compulsory screenings wouldn't necessarily pick this up. Yeah. Uh, you know, congenital thing... Like, it's just it's like being hit by lightning. Uh, you just can't predict it sometimes, and uh, so yeah, you just got to take your chances. Okay, well we wish him all the best in his recovery. Um, but certainly it was uh, it was horrible and shocking to watch. But the uh, you know the support that's come from the football community has been fantastic. And you know, and let's just say how superbly the Spurs fans and both sets of fans conducted themselves. You know, yep. throughout. You know, football fans get a bad rap, but. Uh, that was uh, it was fantastic to see them coming together and uniting whilst it was happening, you know, with the fans just not really knowing what to do and the only thing they could do was to support the guy, you know, they could see that he was fighting for his life and you yeah. know, just seeing him being sh- you know, defibrillated on the pitch must have been yeah shocking to see. Um Messi. Let's talk Messi. Every week we seem to uh, talk about uh, another hat trick and he at twenty four has now become uh, Barcelona's all-time goal-scoring record. Now, that is just ridiculous. It's incredible, isn't it? I think there's a bright, big future ahead of him. And, uh, I can see him going places. 54 goals in 45 matches this season. Yeah, that's not bad. It, become, it just becomes a bit like football manager statistics. Well, really, yeah, it? like, he's been like, into the uh, editor and just 20 for everything. I think it was it Wenger who said it's like watching the FIFA game. When you, you watch him play, and it is like that. Yeah, um, incredible, incredible. However, I think this morning Real Madrid. I know we've just come in. I think Real Madrid drew again yep. today, one all, which uh, does potentially open things up with another Clasico still to come. Gaps now just six points apparently. Yeah, so it could uh, be three after the uh, yep. after the Clasico, which uh, seems to be Mourinho's block managerial block is beating Barcelona head to head. Yep. Um, as we talked about, Canberra. Uh, claim that they're ready for the A-League, um, but they remain confused by the on-again, off-again overtures from FFA. Well, I can't blame them. You know, uh, one week it looked like they were completely out of the picture, and the next minute Frank Lowy's on TV telling them uh, that they're one of three options for the future. I think it's a great option. Uh, I, I still think Western Sydney is the main priority. Uh, it should be the main priority. But I think Canberra are in a very good position right now to uh, step up. Uh, they've got the W League team. They've got the NYL team through the AIS. Yeah. They've made all the running uh, already, getting the community support behind them. Stadiums there. Stadiums facilities there. Are there. Training facilities are there. If ever there was a team ready to step up for next season, it is Canberra, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I'd rather... It wasn't done necessarily in this direct way. Uh, that there was the time to, uh, you know, there was the opportunity to give them time to, to do all the necessary groundwork just to guarantee it. But I think if we had to get a team in there for next season, Canberra are the one that are in, in situ uh, and best placed, uh, and more power to them. Uh, and I would rather see. I think they should have got the gig three years ago, well ahead of Gold Coast United. Okay. Um, we've heard uh, concerning talk. Uh, well, there's two things that, that here. Um, Tony Sage talking about the fact that he is uh, willing to breach his license by um, not fielding a W League team or a National Youth League team uh, next season. He says he just can't afford to um, 
sustain them. And also this morning we've heard uh, the Jets have also raised the issue of uh, of the W League team um, because they're the only team that supports it yeah. 100% themselves. Um, I think they said that they will support it because it's part of their charter, yeah. um, to, but they're not happy about it. To be honest, when we lost the World Cup bid and when we uh, didn't do so well at the Women's World Cup, I fully expected the FFA to pull the plug in the W League. For I didn't expect this season to happen. Um, to my mind, all the groundwork had been done for them to do that. Uh, I was surprised when they did do it this season. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if they, they exit next season. Uh, I can understand Tony Sage's concern about the W League, but it's only 90 to 100 grand that he invests in that. I mean, that's one salary. That's less than one Victor Sakura uh, for Perth Glory. Uh, no, I don't have 100 grand to give to the, the side, so I, I can't say you know Tony Sage is uh, you know not being generous by supporting it but again but I, I it, guess in the scheme of things it's not a lot of money the NYL though I, it's madness to ax that that's I where mean, your next generation is going to come from it costs him roughly 450,000 that's one decent youngster sold overseas yeah i mean i don't know the details but i don't know how much the abc tv deal is worth i think it's a, i think it's pretty much gratis to be honest really yeah just to show it, it. it it's getting oh, okay. widespread show. Um, the other argument is that if it's if it's a ten team league and it's a hundred grand, they need a million dollars to run the league. Yeah, I mean it's not a you know, not a huge amount overall. The Westfield pay for the sponsorship. Exactly. Uh, I think I heard I figure it was two million or something. So where it? does that two million go? I think there is still an FFA contribution towards the running of the mm. the uh, the W League. I think there's a lot of transport costs that they cover. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure how it breaks down, but I do think the FFA yeah. contribute. I think, you know, it, it's tragic, but the, I can see the W League getting X next season if it saves money. Talking Overall. about um, the breeding ground, uh, the New South Wales Premier League launched uh, with an all-star spectacular at uh, the Allianz Stadium. Um, this was quite interesting to me. This, this was, uh, you know... Obviously, there's been a new sort of brush through Football New South Wales. Um, and this, to me, was a signal of a uh, return to the fold of Football New South Wales. It just felt that way. Definitely. It'd been held at Sydney FC Stadium. Ben Buckley, ben Buckley was there. there. Yeah. You know, Adam Peacock as MC, you know, yeah. the host bro- the broadcaster. It felt to me like this was a, a real significant, you're back in the fold now. Very much so. You know, I had all the, um, the kudos and the... Uh, the bells and whistles of a, a proper A-League launch, yeah. uh, season launch. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it was very good to see, uh, very encouraging. Uh, and Ben Buckley being there, I mean, Christ, we can't even get him to a football match, uh, an A-League football match, unless it's a final. So to see him at the launch of this was incredible. Uh, and, you know, good luck to them. Uh, good, good to see all these uh, ex uh, state league players stepping up and putting on the boots again, getting down to action. Uh, yeah, it uh, looks like it's going to be an interesting season ahead. Well, it should, you know, it, it, I mean, although it's not officially, you know, A League Division Two, you know, from a from a scouting perspective and recruitment perspective, it should be for coaches, you know. Yeah, well, seen I mean, players come through, you know, Mitch Malia this season and uh, Joel Kianese, both of whom were New South Wales Premier League teams. We've seen players like Shannon Cole, Laurie McKinnon at the Mariners, used yep. to scout you know, heavily through. Oh, and also the fact that, that, it, power. that it kicks off at the end of the A-League season. You know, yeah. like There's a six-month off-season to go and look at this talent and see who, you know, who, is, who has got the ability to make the step up. Yeah. Uh, no, there's a lot to be said for it. And, you know, if... Uh, this kind of attempt to, you know, just give it a, a bit of glitz and glamour uh, will do a lot of favours, I think, over the course of the season. All right, back to the Gold Coast. Um, life after Clive Palmer. Um, could there still be it? Uh, there is a consortium of businessmen, including Gold Coast City Council mayor candidate. A uh, group of Asian investors are in talks with the FFA over assuming control of the region's licence. Um, so, I mean, we've said that let's learn the lessons uh, and the Gold Coast Titans are also struggling, but it does seem to be a, 
you know, a group that are willing to uh, to at least have discussions with the FFA about retaining this. Uh, one of whom is uh, the guy who's running for Gold Coast Mayor, Tom Tate, also holds equity in the uh, NBL team, the Gold Coast Blaze. Uh, another is an entrepreneur, Jeffrey Shoecraft, who uh, set up international quarterback talent agency, worked for AC Milan for three years. Does this sound promising, or do we think they're, you know... Oh, look. Trying to give a kiss of life to a rasher of bacon. Yeah, look, these guys seem to be, have their heart in the right place and they seem to be uh, motivated and enthusiastic. My concern is that we're going back to another North Queensland Fury situation here. As far as I was concerned, when the FFA announced they were pulling the licence off, the go- off uh, Palmer, that was the end for Gold Coast United. Uh, as far as I could gather from the noises the FFA were yeah. making at that time, that was it. Uh, sorry, we tried, it's failed, we're pulling out. They seem to have slightly backtracked on that, and I hope they're serious. Uh, they have to really, really be quite decisive about this. They can't just um and ah. If these guys are serious and the FFA are serious, brilliant. Let, let's go for it and let's keep a team in, in the Gold Coast. Well, we've got Gold Coast, Canberra, Western Sydney. We're up to 12. We are, yeah, which I fully embrace. That, that's great. I still I think you know, 12, absolute max is 14, uh, is all we can sustain. Um, but we really have to be serious about the Gold Coast here. I, I don't want us keeping hopes alive when there is no hope. Uh, if the FFA are just going to shut it down like they did with Fury, no matter, how much, no matter what anybody comes up with, then it's going to backfire horribly. Yeah, and uh, they need to do it quickly. Yeah, they need to make they, the decision quickly, not let it drag on like we yeah. have with Fury. It, it's a sh- I think you know the players have to go on the basis there isn't going to be a Gold Coast team next year, so go off, find new clubs. Uh, and if there is, then fair enough. You know, There's a whole lot of talent out there that will be coming off contract. The Gold Coast can clean up and start again. Okay. Um, Melbourne Victory have opened talks with Carlos Hernandez, as we uh, talked about earlier. They've also got um, former Newcastle Jets defender Adam Griffiths trying at the club, so it does seem to see that they're, uh, they're moving to shore up their midfield and defensive stocks. Um, also, obvious link uh, was with Sydney FC for Carlos Hernandez with the Gary Cole. Didn't get that. Where was he going to fit in? Don't know. I mean, he's on a, a big wedge down in Melbourne. Uh, Sydney going to match that wedge and then keep him on the bench as depth in case Nicky Khan gets injured again? Uh, just very strange. Uh, that just didn't seem right to me at all. Yeah. Um, and apparently I just can't see Carlos Hernandez playing anywhere other than Melbourne. He's one of those players that you just can't really Well, see. You know, there's been a few players that I've thought could, I could only see in one colour and have made the transition. But, you know... Carlos apparently has uh, registered his kids at school for next year in Melbourne. Everything, his wife wants to stay in Melbourne. Everything points to him staying in Melbourne. All they need to do is actually come to a decision on the money, yeah. uh, as far as I can see. And it's whether or not he's going to be worth the wedge that he's on at the moment next season. And I suppose you know, the problem that they've got, and this is the problem with the, the coaching, is that that's got to be the coach's decision. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. You know whether he's worth the money, whether he's willing to spend that amount of money out of the salary cap on that player, whether he sees Carlos Hernandez being a, a starter or a, or a bit part player, and if he's a bit part player, it's an awful lot of money to be spending on a bit part player. He's a 29-year-old bloke who's you know been key to victory last season, uh, who's had an up and down season this year, but also with selection uh, issues as well. So uh, if I was Majilton, I can understand him trying to get value for money from Carlos. And as far as I can gather, he was on a huge wedge uh, under Merrick. Uh, so, you know, trying to bargain him down to a better, more realistic wedge, this sounds like what's happening. Yeah. Uh, it's a tactic on both sides. Okay. Well, for that, staying with Melbourne. Uh, they've uh, agreed to play in a one-off clash in May against Greek giants Olympiakos. Uh, it will be Saturday, May the 19th, uh, straight after the end of the uh, Greek season. Finishes. So this will be their first visit to Australia since 1978. Um, tip to draw a bumper crowd from uh, Melbourne's massive Greek community. I would expect that to be sellout or close to sellout. Uh, this, uh, Melbourne's the, sec- uh, the biggest Greek city outside of Greece, apparently. 
I think I thought I heard that it's like the second or third biggest city, Greek city after Athens. Oh, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would imagine that's going to be a huge seller. Uh, you know, it's 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 theatre. It's you know an LA Galaxy type match. It's meaningless in itself, but you know it's a great chance for uh, the Greek community to see their stars of uh, Euro 2012 come out and play. Chance for them to see the reigning Greek champions come out and play. And it's a chance for Victory fans to uh, see their team tested against one of uh, Europe's best. Yeah, well, they've started, they've uh, released the ticket pricing. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah, um, good prices. You know, prices start at 30 bucks, a $20 concession. Yep. Um, gold good. tickets, 50 bucks. Fair enough, I think. Very, very bucks. reasonable prices. Very uh, good. All right, that's it for part two. We'll be back in part three to uh, look uh, turn our attention over to the UK where we'll look at FA Cup and uh, Premier League. So join us after the break. Aside from a better night's sleep for both you and your partner, there are so many other benefits to treating your snoring. For example, did you know that snoring makes you produce excess cortisol, which slows your metabolism? So if you snore for a prolonged period, you may find you gain weight easily. Snoring is also a sign your body is getting a little less oxygen, and reduced oxygen in blood can contribute to arterial plaque buildup. These are just a couple of reasons why it's a good idea to try a mandibular split from Instantly Stop Snoring. 1-800-991-259. Back to 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. Uh, FA Cup quarter-final weekend was last weekend. Obviously, as we talked about, uh, the Spurs-Bolton game was abandoned due to the uh, Fabrice Muamba incident. Um, but other games did go ahead. Uh, Chelsea, 5-2 winners over Leicester with uh, Fernando Torres with two goals. Uh, Didn't he used to be good? Yeah, he used to be very good. It's worth 50 million, you know. Um, <laughs> Liverpool continued their uh, their good run in the Cups with a, a 2-1 home win against uh, Stoke. And Everton drew one all with Sunderland. Uh, Tim Cale on the scoreline. Um, and the draw for the semi-finals was made. Uh, and uh, where are we at? It's going to be the Liverpool versus Everton or Sunderland. And Spurs, Bolton versus Chelsea. So, Kev, what do you think? Who's yeah. going to be the FA Cup final? Oh, jeez. Um, so, we've got Spurs v Chelsea. Spurs or Bolton v Chelsea. Going to go for Spurs in that one. Yeah, both both the semi-finals will be at Wembley. Yeah. It takes away any home ground advantage. So, that could be a massive London derby, Spurs-Chelsea at Wembley Stadium. be nice to get a Mersey derby as well for the other... Uh, Liverpool Everton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, having said that, though, Sunderland have been very impressive pretty much uh, on every game under O'Neill. Uh, so I would probably put my money on them getting past Everton in the replay. Okay. Uh, and as far as the final's concerned, Liverpool Spurs. Okay. But you, but you see someone, I hope Chelsea don't win it. I like to see someone that hasn't won it for a while win it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, Spurs certainly haven't won it for a while. Might be a nice little uh, parting gift from Harry before he uh, yeah. pops off on England duty. There's a trophy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. All right, let's look at the uh, English Premier League. And there was uh, a glut of action um, at both ends of the table uh, over the weekend and this week. Uh, and overnight, sorry, I should say. Um, Man City uh, responded to uh, Man United's win at the weekend by... Uh, winning uh, 2-1 although they went behind against Chelsea uh, this saw the return of uh, Carlos Tevez yeah. came off the bench uh, that had a hand in a winning goal honestly we had n- I honestly didn't think I'd see him wearing light blue again this season at well, least when the coach says he will never play for this club again yeah you reckon that that's pretty final but no, a lot of humble pie being eaten on both sides in that one uh, and you know paid off Key result, absolutely massive result for them. Uh, is that is that a sign of how desperate City have got? Yes, I think it is. Because it's, yeah, it's a massive backtrack from Mancini. Oh, absolutely. But you know, when you've got that much squad depth uh, and talent, and you're going through a barren patch, regardless, you got to you know do everything you can to get a win. Uh, and like I say, humble pie eaten on both sides. Tevis played even though he didn't look like he was ever wanting to play again. Mancini played him, even though he never wanted him to play again. So, and end result, they beat Chelsea in a key, vital, 
vital game that uh, is going to take the, the league right down to the final game. A couple of other vital games. Uh, Arsenal, 1-0 uh, winners away at Everton this morning. Uh, and that was uh, combined with uh, Spurs. Left it late with a 93rd minute Raphael van der Vaart equaliser against Stoke. The net result of that means that Arsenal now leapfrog Spurs into third. Uh, one point ahead. There were ten points behind them. How has that happened? I know. Seriously, how? Spurs we... fans had t-shirts done. Mind the gap. That's just astonishing. Incredible. Uh, but, gosh. I, 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 I'm, I'm playing back games and results in my head and I still don't understand how that's happened. Van Persie, uh, just key to the, the whole season. Uh, without him, Arsenal would be in huge amounts of trouble. Uh, so, you know, they, they've got to retain him next season. And uh, also this morning, things are looking good for Liverpool. They were 2-0 uh, up away at QPR, but it didn't finish that way. Um, they ended up losing 3-2 with uh, another late goal. Late goals everywhere in the uh, in the Premier League. Um, so QPR with a vital win, which actually pulled them out of the relegation zone. Um, they've been in a bit of a nosedive since Mark Hughes took over, which I can't say I'm disappointed about. Um, but they're now out of the uh, out of the relegation zone. But uh, Bolton do have a game in hand and are two points behind. Yeah, I mean, QPR responded to Bolton's win uh, at the weekend. Uh, so it's uh, it's a huge, huge win for them uh, and quite a desperate one for Kenny Dalglish. Uh, we had a blog during the week, Matthew Galea, Galea uh, did a thing last week questioning whether King Kenny was only there on the basis of his you know, past reputation and sentimentality, emotional attachment to him. And you've got to say a result like that makes you wonder. Uh, Jordan Henderson, who's been playing very well recently, left uh, out for Charlie Adam, uh, who did nothing. Yeah, he's, he's gone right off the boil. A lot of Liverpool fans seem to be turning on Charlie Adam as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because... You know, the games like this, 2-0 up, you know, they, they've had a lot of draws at home that they probably shouldn't have had. You know, and if they were to win both cups, you know, it's not far off being a very good season, but by the same token, they have spent a shitload of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I think that it was, I saw something where his record over the last sort of 15, 16, 17 games was, was one point better than Roy Hodgson got before he was fired. Yeah, I mean, yeah. these arguments are made against Douglish, but the argument in favour of Douglish is that what he's trying to do is just instill the Anfield state of mind uh, back into the squad, uh, saying that that's been lost recently. But is, in that, recent is years. that possible in today's football? I think it is. I think it is. Today's mercenaries that are here for a couple of years and then yeah. go the next time there's a big deal offered. I, I, I still think it is possible to have that uh, respect. I, that sign, this is Anfield, I think still means a lot. Uh, I must say, Trev, uh, Kev's talking to me doing this in a Liverpool shirt. So. In his away, it's black. It's for the, the death of Liverpool's season, to be honest. Um, but no, I, I still think that this is Anfield means a lot, and I think people had for, uh, players, the squad, the management in previous recent years had forgotten what that means. Uh, and Douglas is there to to bring back a meaning to that, and it may not, you know, show itself up in points, and it may not be that Douglas is necessarily the the best manager in terms of tactics and squad selection in this day and age. But he still means a lot in terms of what Liverpool stands for. Uh, and, yeah, OK, this season maybe could be his last as a coach. He, you know, he, I think there's a, but there's still a position for him upstairs. Uh, but he well, wasn't that the big problem for Hodgson? Was the up and sat there in the director's box was Kenny Dalglish every home be, game and the be, fans were quick to chant his name. When yeah, but I, I think that was because of the clash and because of uh, Hodgson not necessarily getting what Liverpool stood for and uh, not necessarily you know being a good manager. Get a good manager with who understands what the the the, the club's about and uh, respects that. Uh, matched with Dalglish as against going head-to-head -head with them, that could be a good combination. But, uh, you know, it, that, that's, that's quite a tall order to fill. 
Um, Blackburn were the big winners the weekend with a 2-0 win at Sunderland, which puts them you know, five points clear of the relegation zone now. Um, phenomenal turnaround from Steve Keane, and to the point where some Blackburn fans were even chatting his name at the weekend. It's astonishing. Just shows you, doesn't it, really? <laughs> the cool people. <laughs> Not fickle, we just don't like you, yeah. uh, the Villa fans. Uh, no, I mean, Blackburn, that's incredible. Uh, I don't think they deserve to be there. The, that's the thing. Uh, but QPR are out of the relegation zone. I think they they do deserve to be out of there. I mean, Wolves are just in free fall now. I mean, yeah, the yeah. decision to get rid of McCarthy is looking more stupid by the minute. Yeah. They obviously didn't have a, a, a plan B or a plan C if uh, they couldn't yeah, agree terms with Kirby's knee jerk decision, but it was one that they made to try and save the season. I can understand the, the, the thinking behind it. But it's definitely it's not paid off. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, but sure, the idea is is, is that bring, that lift is is brought by somebody new coming in. Yeah. You know. To oh, absolutely. Just give it to his yeah. number two. It's, like, it's, it's just pointless. Go and get him back. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely pointless. Um, but you know, where would they be with Mick McCarthy still in charge? Probably no better, to be honest. So. And Swansea continued their <coughs> uh, their uh, fantastic first season in the Premier League with a three 0 win away at Fulham. Uh, which saw them go up into eighth, just three points behind Liverpool. Quite astonishing, isn't it? Fantastic. Great. Um, Norwich and a bit of a free fall suddenly, though. Yeah, they've lost a couple. I mean, I, I, think, they'll, I think they'll be safe. I think any danger of them. Yeah. You know, I think that should be pretty safe now. I think Villa will just about scrape it, which is a shame. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks like McLeish will be there next season. Uh, quick look at the uh, championship. Uh, Southampton have now uh, sort of broken away a little bit um, from the pack, although uh, West Ham still have a game in hand. That will only put them, even if they win that, there'll still be a four-point gap for Southampton. Um, so they're, they're probably a couple of games away from securing automatic promotion in the championship. Uh, Reading's uh, fantastic run, I think it was 11 straight wins, came to an end um, with a big defeat. Uh, West Ham... That they're still in the automatic promotion spot. Adam Federici having a great season there. Uh, West Ham, Brighton, Blackpool, and Middlesbrough uh, currently make up the uh, the playoff position. So Quite plenty of Aussie interest see, there. Astonishing to see Brighton up so high. Yeah, they've done well. They started well and then uh, had a bit of a wobble. They've come back into it well. Uh, mm. Good to see Middlesbrough still in touching distance there. So. Paul Reed's old club, Brighton. Yep, and uh, Gus Poirier managing. Great new stadium they got there as well. Oh, yeah? Stadium. No, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, was, they moved into it this season. Like oh, right. Purpose-built stadium. And they've really sort of like... There was a tour of it and they've really embraced the away support because of where Brighton is. Yeah. yeah and yeah, maybe there's some in the Gold Coast. Oh, say. Know, so, so basically, when the away team goes, they put on the away team's local beer in the away section <laughs> they've got the, the ability to turn the walls and the, the furnishings like the, the colour of the away team and the whole point was to make it a destination to make them feel welcome yeah. <clears throat> go for the weekend in Brighton it's great for the Brighton community and the, you know people go and stay for the weekend yeah yeah, they really sort of uh, tried to embrace that and um, yeah so it seems to be paying off for them excellent alright that's it for uh, part Three. We'll be back in the final part just to quickly preview the final round of A-League action coming up this weekend. The April issue of 442 Magazine is on sale now. It's a special edition on the toughest job in football, the coach. We profile 40 years of Socceroo coaches, analyse Man United 70-year-old Alex Ferguson, take the FFA AFC B licence coaching course, plus Archie Thompson and Mark Milligan model the new Socceroos away jersey. 442 Magazine. Get it at Newstand or download it onto your iPad today. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. Well, the final round of A-League regular season action starts tomorrow with Adelaide at home to Melbourne Heart. Um, Melbourne obviously already guaranteed a final spot. Um, The result for them doesn't really matter. Uh, they can't. They can't nick fourth. Um, they're four points behind. Adelaide obviously could still, as you said, tr- uh, Kev, pick up the wooden spoon yep. if they don't win this game. Absolutely, uh, which is you know quite an incredible situation for them to be in, given that they're ripping it up in Asia. Uh, but yeah, if they lose and lose relatively uh, 
In fact, no, they just no, have to lose. They just have to win. lose and Gold Coast win, and they've got the wooden spoon. Uh, not that they've not deserved it this season. But sportingbet.com.au, you can get $2.35 on an Adelaide win, $2.95 on a Melbourne Heart win, $3.30 the draw. Difficult one to on call. That. I would yeah. actually... Draw. Uh, yeah, I think I'd go for the draw on that one. Uh, Gold Coast uh, played Brisbane. Uh, actually, let's, let's do it in order. Perth Glory, because um, the games aren't simultaneous, uh, which I'm sure uh, some people would prefer, given that there's plenty at stake. Um, so, uh, Perth Glory host Melbourne Victory. Um, Perth are $2.15, Victory $3.15, the draw $3.50. Perth have got plenty to play for, third spot up for grabs. Kev? Um, it's going to be an interesting match, this one. Like I said earlier, you know, it's up to Majolton to prove that last week's win wasn't a flash in the pan. Uh, but going to Perth Glory is not the easiest trip for anyone to make. Uh, there's a lot of people suffered in the past there. If victory can pull it off, I think you know it's a real feather in the cap for Majilton and would justify a new contract for him. Perth Glory are going to be motivated. They've got to bounce back from being thrashed 3-0. Uh, and, uh, you know, the squad's looking pretty good. Uh, if they've got any hope of making an impact in the finals, they have to win this one just to show, you know, that... Uh, Squad's intact and going for it, and it's not just another. Did I give you the odds? This? No. No. Perth two dollars fifteen. Melbourne three dollars fifteen. Draw three dollars fifty. Yeah, it's tempting you for a Melbourne win there, isn't it? It is a bit. It is a bit. It's not exactly giving money away though, is it? Um, Nah, I'm probably keep my powder dry on that one too. All right, Premier's play up for grabs at Westpac Stadium for the Mariners. Uh, A win, and they've. They walk off with the uh, with the home and away season trophy. Um, odds are Mariners slight uh, Wellington sorry slight favourites uh, on SportingBet.com.au. Wellington two dollars forty, Central Coast two dollars eighty. The draw three dollars forty. You know, if Mariners had to pick the fixture for the final game to win the uh, the Premier's plate, I suspect this would be the one they'd least like. If they were playing Brisbane Roar for it, then, you know, full yeah. motivation, uh, be a fantastic game. And I'd fancy the chances then. Playing against Phoenix, making the trip. And even a draw's not good enough. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, fancy, I don't fancy them in this one, to be honest. I, I'd put money on Phoenix okay. uh, for this one. All right. It's, uh, I mean, there's three real sort of blockbuster games. I mean, that's the first one. Then we've got... Um, Sydney SC hosting Newcastle Jets in a in a winner takes all, um, as in sixth place, not not all I suppose really, just the final spot in the finals. But uh, but you know to these two teams, it's a chance for their season to continue, a uh, chance for Levitska to uh, pull off a, a very unlikely championship in his final season. Can't see that happening, um, but hopefully a bumper crowd uh, expected. Uh, pre-sales are, are very strong apparently. Um, and a good weather forecast for once for Sydney FC home game. This is probably the biggest game of the season for them, uh, and it, you know that includes the finals run, as far as I'm concerned, because it's just going to end uh, the first game of the finals for whoever wins in this one. Um, it's poorer versus poorer, but I reckon that uh, Sydney could just do enough <coughs> to get there, but I think Jets have the better team. Uh, and possibly more motivated and playing better football. So, yeah, uh, I, I think probably a draw, but I'll, if it wasn't, I'd go for Jets. Well, I mean, if you look at both sides, I mean, Newcastle have lost more than they've won. Sydney have won exactly the same amount of games as they've lost. Uh, both teams have got a negative goal difference. Um, Sportingbet.com.au have got it Sydney $2.10, the Jets $3.25. Jets, Is that teasing you? Ooh, and I'm a draw, $3.50. On that, like a dog and Free a leg. money. <laughs> you heard it here first from Kev. I personally think Sydney are going to win this. I just think big crowds. I think fire, you know... I just think this is the time for their bigger players to sort of step up. Yeah, but the home record's appalling. Yeah, and I, know. I know. Big game flops. Yeah. Jets. All right, I'm going to... I'm going to... 325 Jets. With a, with a oh. Brett Emerton winner. 
to send them into the finals. Late winner. I'm going looking down the back of the coach for my small change to put yeah. it on Jets. All right, and the, the round is finished on the Gold Coast, um, where uh, Gold Coast United play what is possibly their last game ever, hosting current champions, uh, Brisbane Raw, who will know what they need to do at that point, um, whether they need uh, a win, which presumably well, they will need a win, um, which whatever happens, but they have to win that game. Um, Kev, do you think they will? Yes, I do. But I think it's going to be an absolute blockbuster of a game. Really? Uh, yeah, I really, I'm looking forward to this. And I know the purists are all saying that the game shall be played at the same time. How good is this game? This game to have this separate from the Mariners game, knowing that the roar could be. It does. Playing. It does actually make it more pressurised for the Mariners, uh, for for Brisbane. Absolutely. Fair, because yeah. They're going to know, you know, they're going to know exactly. Well, I suppose the other thing is that if the Mariners win, then it's all over. It's all over. But, but Mariners draw or lose, yeah. Brisbane will sit in the change room and go, right, we have to win. But at the other end of the table, Gold Coast could be playing to avoid the wooden spoon. Well, uh, Gold Coast players are just going to go and play. Because yeah. they've got no contracts to play for. They've got no coach to impress. Yeah. They've got no club. You know, it's like they've got nothing to lose. Great game, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, could go either way, but I fancy if Brisbane Roar have a chance of taking the Premier's plate, they will win. If they don't have a chance of playing, uh, getting the Premier's plate, Gold Coast United will win. Okay. Well, it's a massive weekend. Uh, three huge games there. Wellington, Central Coast, Sydney, Newcastle, Gold Coast, Brisbane. Oh, I'm giving you the uh, odds yet. Uh, Gold Coast are $4.00. Seriously? Uh, yeah, four dollars to win. Brisbane a dollar eighty-five, and the draws three dollars sixty. So plenty of value bets out there from Sporting Bet. Just, uh, just still, pulling you in. If that's still the same price on Monday morning, on Sunday morning, when and Adelaide lost huge money on that. See, so you got you got to back it now. Though, that's the thing. Dare you to, uh, to double that up. What was, what was the one that you were... Um, no, Jets you, into uh, Gold Coast. How about that? Bollocks to your doubles. Put it on one if you win. Put it all onto the next one if you still think it's good. It's the right. joy of games being played one after the other. You don't have to do the doubles. All right, that is it for uh, this week's 442 Insider Podcast. Thanks, Kev. Thanks for your time. Uh, everyone, get out there. Support your team. Last uh, home and away game before we head into the finals. Uh, if you uh, can't get to the game, make sure you watch it on TV. It promises to be a fascinating weekend, and we'll be back next week to, uh, to give our thoughts on it. Thanks for joining us. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.